Welcome to the Strategy Sherpa Show, a series of organic discussions between hosts David Chavez and a variety of notable business leaders centered around their most significant failures and how they handled those challenges so listeners can learn from their most teachable moments and apply the lessons to their organizations. Now, here's your host, David Chavez. Hey everyone, it's David Chavez with Strategy Sharper Show, and I am David Chavez. So we're going to jump into it um, today. I wanted to remind everyone, you know, I always like to start this um, thing off by by sharing with everyone. You know, I get leaders to come on and share some stories with us that are probably pretty personal and um, probably a little embarrassing too. Um, I think that when uh, people come on, they uh, they go, "Wow, yeah, I have to talk about something I messed up." And um, I say, "Yeah," because you know, there's a lot of business owners out there who get the impression that we have to be perfect in running our business to do it really well. And I'm trying to help them understand that um, business is a lot of failure involved in it also. And if you can't jump back up and get back up after those failures, um, you'll never really make it. So um, today I have Haim Mizrahi. Did I say that correct that this you time? You did okay. it. Perfect. Okay. I, I even got the he at the end. So, um, so I, I said it well. Um, and it's, uh, it's a really special guest today because, um, he runs a brokerage uh, in Las Vegas and, um, he's never been a client of mine. So that's actually a great thing too, because, um, I don't like to, uh, have just my clients on the show, but, but, um, I am. I, why don't you share with everybody a little bit of your background so they sort of know where you come from? Like you grew up in Vegas a little bit. You went to UNLV. Share some of those details with everyone so they get to know you just a little bit. Sounds good. So you've got the the first two. I'm uh, with a name like Hayam Mizrahi. I get asked, where are you from? So my parents are both from Israel. They met in Las Vegas, had three kids. The rest is history. So I was born here in Las Vegas. I did go to UNLV. I'm a business admin with a marketing emphasis graduate. Uh, our family business, I mentioned to you, has always been construction. So that was my entree into real estate. It's always been around in some form. You know, my dad would buy some lots, build some homes, sell them. So when I graduated and came back to Vegas, you know, real estate, I got my license because if we ever did anything, I'd want you know to scoop a little commission, not necessarily because I wanted this to be my day-to-day -day profession. But then eventually I had a little talk with myself and said, look, if you're going to do this, it's not a part-time gig. It's not a, you know, a afterthought. Really make this your career. So in about 2007 is when I did that. I partnered up with a childhood friend. We were a couple of sales agents, young, hungry, going to set the world on fire. And we were met with a reality of the global great recession. Which was an uh, interesting <laughs> great, great, ride. Great timing, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know, people say it's like, oh, you know, your timing, this, that. It's like, well, we we got in as it was peaking. It wasn't even the peak, it was peaking. So we had this false sense of hope that we were gonna have this, you know, illustrious career, but then we rode it down straight to the trough. <laughs> I remember we had some some mentors, you know, very established agents that have been through cycles before. And they said to us, you know, if you can make it through this, you're going to make it when times are good. And that was a good, you know, something to hang on to, a bit of hope. 
And it was, you know, those three years, there was no inbound anything. Every, what I mean by that is I'd show up in the morning, check my voicemails. Nobody called me to say, hey, I want to do business with you. Everything was outbound, outbound. So we had to get really good at networking and refining that. We had to cold call whether we liked it or not. We canvassed. We had another mentor say, burn holes in the soles of your shoes. What does that mean? It means get out of your office, get out of your chair, go walk the properties of the clients that you or the prospects you hope to be clients. And so we did that too. Any, any, any advice we got, we took. So that was uh, 2007. We got recruited to like a regional company and then like a global company where at that point, there's a few years later now, I was, um, I had the opportunity to get into operations. How do you run a brokerage? Not just how do you, how are you a sales agent in a brokerage? So I had a great opportunity there. And then um, through another like confluence of events, I ended up at the company that I am now, which is called MDL Group, which is in the nomenclature of commercial real estate. It's what's called an independent. So we're a Las Vegas company, not a you know global company or a national company. <clears throat> it was co-founded by two people, Kurt Anderson and Carol Kleinong, who are still in the company active today. Mm-hmm. And my partner, Jared, and I got to partner up with them. That was 10 years ago, and we're still kicking still strong. So Carol runs the property management side. I run the brokerage side. Jared is one of our most successful agents. Um, and then him and Kurt, as far as like jobs in the company, they're really like board of director types. Okay. Okay. So that's sort of the structure. We are regarded as the market leader for commercial real estate property management in Las Vegas. We have about 12 million square feet across about 180 properties so we look after close to 1,800 tenants, you know, wow. collecting payments, paying bills. Uh, anytime there's a roof leak, you know, we just had some rains here in Las Vegas, which is uncommon, but the phones get very busy. That's that side of the business. The brokerage side is really sales and leasing, and we cover the, the commercial real estate food groups, office, industrial, retail, land, and multifamily. How, how, how large is your company in the grand scheme of Las Vegas on a whole? There's different ways to measure that, you know, so on the spectrum of real estate companies, commercial real estate companies, there's the publicly traded CBRE, which is, you know, truly across the globe and they do billions and billions of dollars worth of business across all these different service lines. They're also, they have an appraisal division and a project management division. And so there's that, then there's by agent count or by property management. So there's lots of ways to do that. When you when you slice and dice, um, we don't say that we compete with the global companies. Right. We do, but we don't put ourselves in that category. We put ourselves in the category of independent in Las Vegas. And in there, there's really two or three that sort of peacock for whichever position, however you want to measure. And we're we're in the top three. You okay. could say. Probably the top two. We also are a part of a network, I should mention, called Corfax, C-O-R-F-A-C, of other independent companies like ours that is global. So we've got Corfax offices across the globe. Oh, very good. So what that does is a couple of things. If I have a client, and it's happened many times, hey, you help me with my real estate in Vegas. I've got a branch in Seattle. I've got one in Ohio. Yeah, no problem. Let me call Jeff Crane. Let me call Andy. And I know them personally, so I know that my clients are going to get service. I can help them anywhere. And also it happens 
the other way. You know, guy in Atlanta calls and says, I've got a great dear friend that's got an RV business and he needs to find some real estate in Vegas. Happy to help. Right. Right. So you, uh, so that network allows you to have that larger footprint, like a large uh, real, a real estate firm, commercial real estate firm. That and something right up your alley. And, you know, it's always great when someone calls and says, I have a referral for you in your market. Right. That's great. It's always nice when you can help one of your clients somewhere else. But the other thing, we have conferences twice a year and we get together and really share best practices among friends and allies, not competitors. So, you know, we do the sessions in the morning and then it's dinner at night. And when we're shoulder to shoulder, we ask each other, so how do you handle this problem? How do you do deal with this? Okay, this, you know, uh, change is happening in our industry. How do you think about it? That's right. a lot of value there too. Yeah, it gives you a lot of, uh, it gives you a lot more to your business. Uh, just being a local company, it, it adds that extra value of a large firm, but you still have that local feel to it. So yeah. a those personal relationships you have, they know you're personally referring it to a personal friend then too. Yeah. So it's not just going into a black hole of abyss that happens with these larger companies sometimes. Right. And let me just pick on on something you said, even though I know you didn't mean it like that. When you say just a, a local company or in our business, we say just a boutique, you know, MDL Group is a 34 year old company in Las Vegas that has survived many market cycles and has grown to a market leader. And I'm saying that as a testament really to the co-founders. You know, they are entrepreneurs. They have earned their their stripes. And we're a 34-year-old company, market leader in our category. And we've got about 50 total employees. So all of that's quite remarkable. You look at statistics of uh, small businesses in America. Yeah. So so I have to come back to one thing you said because we share this and I guess I didn't realize this but you were born in Las Vegas, I was born in Las Vegas. Uh what hospital were you born at? Women's Hospital. Oh yeah, that's right. We're uh you know what? Now I'm recalling we'd had this conversation. I was born there also. Um and on my birth certificate it says I was born in rural Las Vegas, which that was almost downtown <laughs> at the time. So I mean it was pretty close to downtown. I don't know if your birth certificate says that or not, because I'm a I little older, uh, older than you, but at the same time, um, um, so we're uh connected on that level for sure. So kindred spirits. That's right. That's right. Um, Vegas has seen a lot of change over the years, so it's um, been exciting to live there. Um, all right. So so let's get into it a little bit. Um, you know, this is the part where we start to share a little bit. We're going to probably have a few minutes to break. So, um, you know, uh, let's let me let me do this. Let me do a little bit of a commercial um, on some things and then let's start this when we come back. So I want to give you enough time to talk about it fully. So. Um, on October the 19th, and just, just to let all our listeners know, on October the 19th, we have um, um, a process improvement um, webinar, and that is being done by our new coach, uh, Preston Law, and he is going to be talking about how to create more efficiency through optimizing your processes. My partner, Kane uh, Peklovic, is going to be doing, uh, on October the 26th, um, uh, a webinar about accountability from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific time. And um, also on November the 9th, she's actually doing a workshop in Phoenix, a live workshop talking about accountability. And 
working with uh, anybody in the leadership realm that needs a little bit more accountability in their company and really coming from it at the people side so you can understand how to hold people accountable, reduce defensiveness in people when you're holding them accountable and get them on the right track so they can do it real well. And then the last one I'm going to talk about right at this time is uh, uh, November 14th. Um, Warren Sager, our new coach out of Bat uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, he's going to be talking about how football. Um, are you a football fan, Haim? I'm a Raiders Are you fan. a football fan by chance? Okay, Raiders, um, so Raiders so fan. of course, okay. of course, and, and so Warren's going to talk about football and how to use football to you to improve your business. So I th I think it'll be an interesting um, talk all the way around. Warren's a great colorful character and he likes he loves to use these analogies so it'll be a lot of fun to come and see him all right so we're going to take a break and then we're going to come back and talk to Haim um the my fellow uh woman's hospital uh born person and um we're going to come back and talk to him in just a few moments so we're going to take a break Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Hi, I'm Matt Liotta, CEO of Volato. Our vision at Volato is to change the private aviation industry by bringing innovative concepts that align our interests with our owners and customers. But what's really exciting about us is our JetShare program that allows you for the first time to have unlimited usage of a plane and obtain revenue share. Doesn't matter what size share you buy with us, you can use it as much or as little as you want and participate in all the, the revenue that that plane generates. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to the Strategy Sherpa Show with David Chavez. Have a question for David or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. 
Hey everyone, uh, this is David Chavez. Well, I don't even know my own name. Um, this is David Chavez, the strategy Sherpa, and I have Haim um, Mizrahi, and I, I I know I said that right now twice. All right, so um, and we just got a we had a little bit of discovery that we uh, both were born at the same hospital in the same city. So um, I guess that would make sense um, that we were born in the same city. All right, so let's get into it, Haim, because this is a show about sharing something that really is sort of a little embarrassing, but at the same time, huge full uh, a huge asset for you in the end. So let's start off and I'll, I'll let you share your story and I may come in and ask a few questions from time to time. Okay. So we talked about what I do, which is commercial real estate. And my story comes early in my career. I'm probably, I don't know, two years in, I got a listing from a bank at the time in Las Vegas. A lot of properties were going back to the banks. They were bank owned or REO. So and what year is this roughly? This would be, so the recession, global great recession is 2008. This maybe is Either two thousand eight, nine, or ten. Okay, right in there. right in that time frame, right? Yeah, probably eight or nine. I'm guessing. It right was, in the he- right in the hell of the real estate market. It was really. yeah. Actually, as I'm thinking about it now, uh, spoiler alert: the bank ended up being taken over by the FDIC. So it was really <laughs> like right in right catching in that wave there. But uh, you know, we were cold calling banks. Met with this guy in the workout department. Uh, after months, got a listing for a warehouse to sell. And it was next to other, it was in a project where we had another building was identical to it. And that's, uh, you know, one of the details that's important for the story. But so we get this listing, do all our marketing, get it up and going. A couple weeks in, I get a phone call from the banker saying, hey, you didn't put a sign on the property. (laughs) Like the color came out of my face, you know, the pit in my stomach. And I just said what came to mind, which is, no, we did. And he's like, I was over there and there's no sign on the property. I'm like, I don't know how that can be. No, we absolutely put a sign on the property. I ordered the sign from the sign company. And he said, well, it's not on. And I'm like, well, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I've got a picture here from them that they, you know, they always, when they install the sign, they take a picture and they send it to us. And he said, well, show me the picture. And I'm like, you know, cause you start with a reaction and then you, you know it's it's like oh my god and then you're frozen and then you're just kind of thinking on your feet in survival mode and i just kept digging the hole okay well let, let let's let, let me help the audience just a little bit so you're actually a young broker yep starting your career at probably a very challenging time right and you, you're trying to get every single opportunity you can get because finding those opportunities is probably a real real challenge at this time like like you said the phone wasn't ringing in the first segment um you had to wear holes in your shoes you were just doing anything you could to get your name out there because you had no time to get your name out there before everything started really crashing is that is that where you're sort of at and so Absolutely. this call scares the hell out of you really it's like, yeah. whoops, I made a big mistake by forgetting to get the sign put on the building. Is that sort of where you were? A hundred percent. And you know, when you're a sales agent, you're a hundred percent commission. There's no salary. Right. There's no paycheck every two weeks. So yeah, ac- very accurate. 
Okay. And, and, and so, so you, the, the guy asked you were, you're perpetuating the um, false statements um, because you don't want to lose the account. And it's one of the few accounts you probably had at the time. You had another building that was pretty close to the other one that you already had listed. There was a sign out there that was very clear from the street. So you just figured like, um, so on quick on your feet was it's not that big of a deal. There wasn't a sign. So saying there was a sign was okay. Right. Okay. Yeah, so this exactly. is your rational. In my mind, it was, you know what, that building has a sign. Why would I put another sign? If any if, if anyone drives by here, they're going to see my sign, and they're going to call, and I could say, "Well, I've got this building also." Because you have no money at this point, because you're just a broke college student, <laughs> and now you're a broke broker because exactly. there's not a lot of deals going on. <laughs> but the broken broker. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, so so tell us what happened from there. So you um, you tell him that the sign is up, and then he says, "Well, show me." You say, "I have a picture." And so, what did you do then? So it got even worse from there. Oh boy! So I right. photoshopped. From the other building, the sign to this building, and I sent that to him. And he was, you know, pressing me, but at the end of the day was kind of generous about it. He he didn't buy my story, but he's like, this looks photoshopped. And I was like, I don't know why the sign company would do this. And I never took ownership of it. I never came clean with him. I just kept it going. And finally he he, you know, after pressing me. I, again, I knew he didn't buy it, but he sort of let me off the hook and said, well, you should, you know. Yeah. So, so the sign so, company or whatever, because the sign's not up. I'm like, let me go look into this right now. And I hang up the phone. So my, my partner, Jared's sitting behind me because we had a shared office back then. The second I put the phone down, he's like, what? He's horrified. What? the? I'm like, I know. He's like, what? Uh, I know. Hold on. This is your lifelong friend who has known you your whole life. And he's going, hold on. I've never seen you do that before. Right. That's sort right. of his reaction to you is like, what are you doing right now? And not only that, it's we don't do that because we are a team. We are partners. And now what I've done is a reflection on him. Right. So I'm sure he wasn't happy with you i know you're friends so there's a lot of grace with friends a lot of times so what happened next so i'd say probably with him like the first thing with him instead of getting defensive and i i was like i know i screwed up i know so the next thing i did probably the only redeeming part of this story looking back i got up i went into my broker's office i closed the door i sat down i said i really screwed up she's like what happened i'm like I, I ran her through the whole thing, every detail, didn't sugarcoat it with her. I told her exactly what I did, how I screwed up. And she was like, what are we going to do? I said, I don't know, uh, but you need to know. Because right now, if he calls you, I'm, t I'm telling you I screwed up. I don't want him to call you and now you get blindsided. And then I'm, you know, if I didn't do that and he did call her, I mean, this this could have gone really bad, right? So, so there's a couple really important stories here. So, um, first of all, you violated your own personal core values. I, I've known you for about a year and a half now, 
And just knowing you, these two things, when you talk to me about this story, I was a little shocked. I mean, because I would probably put you in like a really high category of following your core values. And so this was probably a very beneficial thing that happened for you at a very early time. Is that a fair comment that I'm making? It didn't feel like it then, but looking back, absolutely. Um, and, and explain to everybody why I said what I said for you. Which which part? Um, that it was beneficial for you. So, you know, le lessons are learned through stuff like this. If everything goes well, yeah, you feel success. You might learn some things. But when, when you get shook to your core like this, boy, do you not, not ever forget it. And the reflection on what, why did I do that? Where did that even come from? Really causes you to go inside yourself and get a level of self-awareness that you wouldn't have had otherwise. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and so that self-awareness has led you. Now, I know from being, um, so we're in a business group together. And uh, I know from being in the group, you have some pretty strong core values, right? Would you say that you violated your core values with this? Oh, absolutely. Okay. And, and, the, and you know, one of the things we share with, even with our clients all the time, and it sounds like you're following the similar philosophy, is that all of us make mistakes sometimes. And you had a lack of judgment in a, in a real quick phone call and violated your own core values. And I think the act of going and telling the broker about what happened and making sure she knew that was your redemption of saying, hey, I made a core value error. Yep. Um, did, did she have a core value for the company um, similar to this? Like not to lie or not to be dishonest. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's like fundamental in everything in a service industry. Service is built on trust. I clearly violated that. I mean, I never even owned up to it with the banker, but the second I walked into her office, I did own up to it. I, you know, self-reported. I told on myself, and that's the the basis of of trust. I am being vulnerable in front of you. She had my career in her hands. She could have said, this is unacceptable. We don't do business like this. I'm, I'm not going to supervise you as a, as a licensee. Go find another broker. She didn't do that. She didn't do that because people make mistakes. And when you own up to your mistakes, well, her core value, you know, she was the kind of person that she has your back in many ways. And the second I came to her and said, I effed up badly okay yeah. you you owned it i have your back yeah and that makes uh, i would put that makes her in a category a high category of leadership because it would have been really easy for her to just dismiss you but she knew you probably well enough to know that you made a mistake and i think the redeeming quality is owning your crap you know um I, I think that one of the frustrations as a leader that I have sometimes right now, and you can probably share with me if you have a similar one, is when we have people on our teams that don't own their crap for, say, they make a mistake. It's obvious. It's okay because, you know, you just shared one. I I have several of stories that I could share where I violate my own core values, and it's very embarrassing 
Um, but it's very valuable if you reflect on it. So the act of the ownership is the reflection part of really understanding that you did something wrong and making it aware. Now, let's be fair to you because you said you never went back to the banker. And I know you well enough to know that you would have done that if you were given the opportunity. But what happened to the banker? So the bank got taken over by the FDIC, <clears throat> which so I don't have a listing anymore, basically. They take over everything. I'd never saw that banker again, never spoke to him on the phone again. I don't even know where he is. So that okay. was, uh, yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't a local Las Vegas banker. It was more of a banker probably from some other town. And um, you just never got to see him again. And and so you never got to explain to him and own your stuff with him, which probably was a little upsetting to you because you probably, that would have helped a little bit. Is that fair? For sure. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so hey, we got to take a break again. Um, we're going to come back on the other side and talk about what you've done with this and how you've learned from it and um, what you've done from there. So thank you very much for sharing. It was a great uh, segment to our episode. And we'll be back in just a mo moment. This is the Strategy Sherpa Show. Don't forget, October 19th processes with um with Preston Law from 1 to 2 p.m. and I've been corrected that is central time not pacific time so I made a mistake on the last uh, segment that is central time so uh, we'll see you in just a few moments Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Anyone can learn the keys to success from podcasts, TED Talks, and other forms of media. But what you really don't learn is the failures that lead up to that point. Join David Chavez on the Strategy Sherpa Show as he and notable business leaders have that discussion and teach you how valuable it is to learn from your failures. The Strategy Sherpa Show, Mondays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to the Strategy Sherpa Show with David Chavez. Have a question for David or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. 
All right, we're back here at the Strategy Sherpa Show. This is David Chavez, and I have Chaim Mizrahi. And and I I didn't even say the C that time at all. So I said, and you got your <laughs> name right. More importantly, <laughs> thank you. That is an important aspect of it, right? Um, when you forget your own name on your own show, that's sort of not a great thing. Anyway, um, so we so boy, I, I think you dropped a bomb on us, and um, a really good. Um, this is such a great story because there's so many elements to it, and I wanted to come back to. Um, something you had talked about because your broker at the time um what a great leader i mean yeah. I, I mean i would just like to condemn uh, or not condemned like to um point out how great of a leader she was share with me who was it could you can you share with us who it was what sure. is her? So her name is cassie katania sue she okay. uh, was our broker at that company at the time i have since gone on to mdl group she has since gone on to do Amazing thing. She's currently the broker at CBRE, which we talked about is the largest uh, commercial real estate company. So she's head of the Vegas office and doing some things with them regionally. So still in the market, still very good friends. And yeah, when I sat down and said, uh, I screwed up, she immediately went into great. I've got your back. Yeah. And, and, and and you said that, you know, as pretty a matter of fact, when you said it, like there wasn't even a question. And I, I, I think that um, my admiration for her just listening to your story is, is that um, a lot of leaders could have made a different choice then and made you wrong. Right. But sure. she didn't make you wrong. She wasn't happy with what you did. Is that a fair comment? I mean, you oh, didn't mention that at all. She wasn't happy. Yeah, it wasn't like, oh, this is, oh, it's, oh, everything's fine. It's not okay. Right. I mean, you made it clear. Jared made it clear. I felt it. I mean, it was not okay. Nothing about this was okay. But right. you make mistakes. People screw up. This was an out of character thing. You know, a lot of times now someone does something and it's easy to just cast them away as like, oh, they're terrible. They're awful. No, hold on. Are they an evil person? Are they acting out of malice? No. Do they act like this usually? No. Okay. Something is going on. Let's find out what's going on. So, you know, there's all of that is the context to this conversation I had when I went in her office, I closed the door. I said, I screwed up. She knows I'm not a person to lie. Otherwise I wouldn't be there to begin with, but I made a mistake and yeah. I'm owning my mistake and I'm, I'm not hiding it from her. I'm telling her about it. So more importantly, she's not blindsided. If someone, you know, it happens now when, you know, people will Google our website and they'll find me as the president and my partner, Carol, as the CEO, and they'll copy us on an email with one of our teams. What do they think we're going to do? Like go into their office and like, you know, yell and shout and berate them? No, they're at my company because I believe in them, right. because they're good people. And, you know, nine times out of 10, when that email example happens, it's somebody that's just upset and, you know, is grabbing at straws, so to speak. Every now and again, there's something to look into. But when there is something to look into, it's never with like, you're awful, you're terrible, I'm going to berate you. It's let's figure this out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that really makes Cassie a great leader in the sense of, hey, I'm not happy with you, but I do trust you. I know this is out of character. And, you know, I want to, uh, you know, this allows me to talk a little bit about this. And I, I, I talk a lot 
with uh, clients of mine about the F word. And I'm not talking about the F word all of us know of. I'm talking about the F word of fear, right? It's amazing what fear does to us sometimes. Um, I, I, I think if you look back and you think about this story and, you know, as you've been talking, I've been thinking about it and and listening to your voice around it and the inflection in your voice and everything else. And you were afraid at this time because you're a young broker. You don't have a lot. You're trying to make your name and you don't want to give that impression that you didn't do your job. And so the fear, like on that phone call, when that guy, the banker had asked you about the sign, the F word like went crazy in your head. If that, if, if I can say it that way. And I always love saying the F word because it is a four letter word that does us a lot of damage as leaders sometimes, right? It, it really clouds our head up. For sure. Yeah. yeah. The reflection part of like, why did I even do that? And how unnecessary. It's it's exactly that. The second I heard him say, you didn't put a sign, I went, I was hijacked by fear. Now, what does it mean? You know, what it says stake. Yeah. And now, Cass Cassie is off at seat. Oh, no, you're fine. Uh, I, I, I apologize about interrupting. I, was, I thought you were finished. Uh, Cassie went on the CBRE. Okay, mm -hmm. you're, you're at this firm. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, like, how has this played out for you over the years? Like, um, you know, you were sharing a little bit during the break of, of you know, some of this. Um, how would people describe your leadership? Because you had made this uh, mention that, you know, people copy you on an email. What are they going to do? Go in, yeah. in there and uh, fire them. How, how has this helped you as a leader? What What is one of the things, if I was going to come and work for you, what is one of the things I'd have to be really aware of with you? So what I was sharing was, you know, so Natalie's been with me now over 13 years. Uh, one of our, you know, key team members really knows me, you know, not just do we work hand in hand all day, every day, it's over a duration of time. And so we had a new employee come on board and they asked her and I was standing there, you know, what, what do I need to do to succeed with Hyam? And she was just like, never lie to him. <laughs> the irony of that. Yeah. So and the, the lie isn't like a, you know, don't be deceptive. It's just, just own up to whatever it is. If it, if there is a mistake, do not hide it. Just come in and say, I screwed up. What am I, again, back to what, what am I going to do? I'm not going to brush you. If it's a pattern, it's a different conversation. But if it's a, oh my God, I screwed up. Okay, cool. Right. It's not okay. Right. Let's figure it out. Yeah, how I usually say it is like, look, uh, I'll, I'll say it with my team even sometimes too, and maybe this relates to you. I don't have to be happy about what you're telling me, but at least I know. So it's not one of those things that I'm going to get blindsided by a client calling me and yeah. saying it. And I think that that was the other really important thing that you had said to Cassie is, look, I'm telling you because I don't want someone to blindside you. And um, I don't know how long you've been leading, but I can tell you one of the things that really gets my blood going is when I'm blindsided by something like this. Yeah. Is that a, is that fair for you also? That's 100%. It's If you come in and tell me I screwed up and here are the circumstances and here's what happened, when that call comes, if it's inevitable or not, when that call comes, I'm already prepared for it. 
I'm not going into you know immediate defense. Oh my god! Oh my god! What and what else? And he photoshopped it. Oh my! <laughs> it's already diffused. It's like you know what? He screwed up, and this is out of character. And believe me, I've addressed it, and I assure you, it'll never happen again. It's not okay. But and also, like when the person calls the leader, and the leader already knows. There's a, there's a sense of, you know, confidence in a way, of competence in a way. You know, there's nothing nefarious happening in that organization. All of that, the gap for those thoughts closes. Yeah, I love the way you said that because um, I think one of our, our frustration when, when um, people that work with us, um, they don't share something like that with us. The frustration more goes to that me being caught off guard and now I'm in a fear state with the client because I'm being caught off guard. If you shared it with me before, I wouldn't end up in a fear state with the client myself and then trying to defend us. Now I have confidence in what I can say and how I can say it. And that, and I love the way you just said that because you basically... Um, Cassie would then have been able to calm down the banker had he stayed longer and actually mm -hmm. made the phone call. Um, she would have been able to calm him down relatively quickly and gave him confidence, like you said. So I think all those things are really, really important. And um, I think the value of this for you, really, this is a great mistake that you made. But it also led you to having these standards now, even the uh, same standards you had for yourself before. But I think people in your company understand and make it clear, like, hey, mm -hmm. if you're going to work with Haim, you got to be real honest with him all the time. Yep. He's not, he doesn't have to love your screw ups, but at the same time, you got to be honest. Absolutely. It's, 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 you know, it's a developed standard. That's correct. And, and I've got tools now, better tools on how to deal with those things. Yeah. And do you have core value around that at all? A specific core value around that? Yeah. Our number one core value is integrity. And we've you know gone through the work of defining what that means for us. And at the end of that little sentence is, you know, doing the right thing, even when nobody's looking. Right. Right. And, and so, so that was in violation. As leaders, I know at times we violate our own core values, one, because we're human beings and we sort of, that sort of goes hand in hand with leadership, but owning that the way you did, I think was really the the lesson for you and how to go forward with other people. And because you had this great leader leading you, really taught you how to lead through things like that also. Is that, a, am I making fair comments here? Sure. Yeah, yeah. So it really, really see it quite a bit. Um, so, so share with us: is there anything else that you got out of this, like um, with Jared? How did you get past it with Jared? You, you mentioned there's a lot of grace with friends, and one of the, the things I appreciate the most about our relationship is, you know, he—I don't know if he saw it or whatever. The second I hung up the phone, he was like, "Ugh," and I was like, "I know." He didn't—he didn't have to, you know, teach me a lesson. The lesson was already learned. Again, he made it known it's not okay, but he didn't, it would not have been productive for me for him to like hit the accelerator on that. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. And, so, would, and now, if I'm ever on the other side, it's like just read the room a little bit. Yeah. If someone, 
already knows that they've made a mistake, it's okay. Give them the space to process it instead of now me leaning in and telling them how I feel and all that. Yeah. Well, hey, this is a Strategy Sherpa show. We're going to take another break and we'll be back in just a few moments. But um, great conversation, Hayam, and thank you for being here today. We'll come back and talk to you just a little bit more in just a moment. Uh, this is the Strategy Sherpa show, and this is David Chavez. I remembered my name again. Thank you. Birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Hi, I'm Matt Liotta, CEO of Velato. Our vision at Velato is to change the private aviation industry by bringing innovative concepts that align our interests with our owners and customers. But what's really exciting about us is our JetShare program that allows you for the first time to have unlimited usage of a plane and obtain revenue share. Doesn't matter what size share you buy with us, you can use it as much or as little as you want and participate in all the, the revenue that that plane generates. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Welcome back to the Strategy Sherpa Show with David Chavez. Have a question for David or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Hey, this is David Chavez, the Strategy Sherpa, and I'm here with uh, Hayam Mizrahi. And um, I, I just wanted to point a few things out before we jump back into the conversation. Um, my partner, Kane Pekovic, is doing an um, all-day workshop in, on November the 9th on accountability in Phoenix, Arizona. We strongly suggest you join us for that. It's going to be a really great event and have a lot of um, information on how to hold people accountable better. If you're anywhere in the leader spectrum, it's for you if you want to get better at holding people accountable. Um, and then my other uh, item, I am actually doing a scaling up workshop in Dallas, Texas on December the 6th. 
and we and I'm going to do it with Warren Sager, one of our other coaches, and we're going to be doing that at, at in Dallas on the sixth. Both of these, all these events are on our website at assuredstrategy.com. You can get on there and check it out. But Haim, I want to come back to um, your conversation, and, and now that I got done with my little commercial that I have to give um, on my firm, it's not have to. It's I want to too because we have such great events, and we're. Um, really trying to promote those things so that we can help people get better. But um, I want to go back to a, a um, event I went to where I had um, Mark Cuban speaking to us. And one of the things he had said to us, there was a group of like 50 of us that were at this event. So it was a very intimate event. And we met at the um, at, at, at one of his... his um, practice courts I think it was of the um the ba his basketball team and I remember sitting there and listening to him and somebody had asked him you know you have over a hundred companies how do you make sure you have the information to run all these companies and he came back and he said you know well what I do is I have every single leader every single CEO send me a report at the end of every week. And in the report, it has to have, it has certain elements to the report. But one of the cr critical things is, is what should I know that I don't know? And, and, and this has stuck with me ever since I heard this speech. He made a comment that if you are, are a leader with him and he gets blindsided by some phone call from somebody, because there was some problem that um, blew up on you, that um, that was a fireable offense as the CEO. And he said that he expected to know what he didn't know. And I think that this, this sort of uh, whole thing that you did sort of fits right into that, you know, like, hey, you did something, you were very embarrassed by it, you've probably learned a lot from it, it's never really gone from your psyche. And, um, and, 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 but, but the way you handled it was probably how Mark Cuban said you needed to handle it. And he made the same comment you made about Cassie. He didn't really care what it was. He, of, of course, may not be happy about it, but you wouldn't lose your job. Right. And yeah. so, so like where Cassie came in and her leadership, um, and then how is that carried for you onto your own company now? You know, one of the, not best things, but one of the things I really appreciate is somebody comes into my office and says, you need to be aware. Oh, okay. What, what happened? So this actually happened maybe a few months ago. One of my agents came in and said, you need to be aware. I just got a phone call from another agent about a property and for whatever reason, we just misaligned, misfired on the phone. I didn't understand her. She was not understanding me. It escalated. It didn't end well. So I just want you to be aware in case you get a phone call. Okay, thanks for letting me know. Maybe 20 minutes later, she came back in. She said, it's fine. We spoke and got on the same page. And it was just a miscommunication. Yeah, people get going too fast and I'm not hearing you and you're not hearing me. And so it escalates and now I'm upset. Okay. It happens. Right. But she made me aware. Right. Right. And, 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 you know, I read so many business books and I read a lot of people business books 
And it sort of drives me crazy a little bit because I read these books and they're always talking about these perfect scenarios where we act and behave perfectly in every scenario. But here you are, you're sharing like with an agent made a mistake. Um, they own the mistake with you. Um, sounds like they actually got on the phone and cleaned it up after they said it to you. Is that yeah, what happened? Better. It's like I was aware in between that in case that blindside event occurred or could yeah. have occurred well yeah. now i'm not going to be blindsided yeah what a great agent what a, uh, and and i can work with somebody like that i how i usually say things like this is i could work with somebody like that all day long it's hard to work with people that try to hide these things and then i get these phone calls and get blindsided and thrown into fear myself it just it's aggravating right yeah. so so for cassie you really saved her the aggravation of that phone call, if it would have ever come. And and I guess, thank goodness, the market conditions were that it never came. But at the same time, you learned some valuable lessons and understood what you need to do better. Um, so share with us a little bit about your company and what you're doing with it and how things are going. I like to give a little bit of time at the end for people to share a little bit about their company and what you're doing in Vegas right now. So th thanks. Um... Our, our company, like I mentioned, it's MDL Group. Mm -hmm. We're a commercial real estate brokerage and property management firm. So those are the two things we do. Uh, private owners that have real estate that need third-party or want third-party property management. And so for that, again, we shopping centers, office buildings, industrial parks, they hire us to take care of the property for them a lot of uh, owners in southern nevada are out-of-state owners mm -hmm. so we are eyes on the property weekly we collect all the payments from the tenants we pay all the bills we answer the service calls anything from the like i mentioned earlier the roof leak to the irrigation to everything in between hvac you know budgeting all those things administering leases so it's a it's a pretty big operation, but a pretty big scope on that side for what 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 do people say to you guys about that side of your business? What do they admire about you the most? So, so I'll, I'll answer that in a couple of ways. So Kurt and Carol started this company out of a previous development company that they were principals in. So the foundations of the company, the processes, the procedures are from an owner's perspective. And that sounds simple, but we get a lot of compliments on even our financial reports are not these cumbersome just documents. They're straightforward. Like, what do I need to know as the owner on a monthly right. basis? It's dialed out. It's beautiful. It's organized. The other side, you know, we've been in business for 34 years. That's a lot of refining of processes and not just what people and clients say about us. We have a continuum of service from property management to accounting to brokerage when we have all three. And we all work well together. And that's by design for the owner's benefit. But also people that come to our company, like property managers and whatnot, that see our systems are like, I, I, we have one woman, uh, Deb, that's been a property manager for 50 years, literally. And she said, you know, this is this is um, like the Oz, you know, of property management companies because some of the things that we have. Right. And on the brokerage side, again, it's sales and leasing. So investors call us to buy property. Investors call us to sell their property. Landlords call us to lease their buildings for them. Business owners a lot 
call us to help them buy their real estate for their business. Tenants as well. Yeah. So, 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 um, if somebody out there listening is in Las Vegas, um, if they have some real estate needs, call you. And then also, if you're out of town and you're looking at coming into Vegas, because we have people listening all over the world, but mainly the United States, and because that's sort of the area we cover, um, and if they're looking to move to Las Vegas, give you a call. You'll help them get relocated, and you're very good at doing that. So this is the Strategy Sherpa Show. Hi, and we want to thank you for um, your candidness today and opening up your, I think, one of those dark places that you probably didn't want to go back to. But I think that a lot of listeners will really get some value out of listening to this. And so we want to thank you. Um, as I stated, everybody, I I am the strategy Sherpa, David Chavez. Our company helps companies grow. That's what we primarily do. I've had several of you give me a call. Feel free to reach out and call me or email me. And um, you can find out about us on assuredstrategy.com. Um, and Hayam, thank you very much for being here today and sharing your insights with us. David, thank you. And thank you for what you're doing with this show. I listen to it and I enjoy it a lot. All right. Very good. Take care, everybody. Strategy Sherpa Show, David Chavez. Have a great week. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Strategy Sherpa Show with David Chavez. We hope we've given you some insight into the journey of success and how the road to success is laid with bricks of failure. Tune in next week for another inspiring episode.